0: Welcome to New Life Church's special Christmas Eve message. New Life Church's mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus through the gospel. This Christmas Eve message was given by Pastor Steve Benninger from Luke 2, 28-32, and is entitled, Simeon's Praise. You can find the sermon outlined for this message at enewlife.com. thank you, O oh God, for sending Emmanuel to us, God with us. Lord, we pray tonight as we look at this magnificent uh, song of praise coming from the lips of Simeon, Lord, that you give us understanding through your Holy Spirit. and May we truly enjoy Christmas this season because we do. I pray in Christ's precious name. Amen. 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 And you can have a seat. Well, 2015... Coming to a close, what a, what a year this has been. I mean, what a year this has been. When historians someday look back on the year 2015, I wonder how they will characterize it, you know? Uh, 2015, the year of rising frustration, the year of growing disenchantment, of increasing fear. Uh, 2015, the year of ISIS, the year that ISIS got everyone's attention or 2015, the year that racial tensions got reignited in our country, or, or 2015, the year of the beleaguered police officer. Or maybe it was called the year of, of craziness, of strangeness, with the most bizarre political season I can ever remember. Depending on what happens, they might just refer to it as the year of Trump. <laughs> or perhaps it will be known as the year of the most watched blunder of all time, the massive Miss Universe mistake. Thank you, Steve Harvey. How'd you like to be in his shoes? (laughs) With a billion people watching. Well, my sense is that with all of this that has gone on this year, with all the unrest and and all the frustration and all the disenchantment and disillusionment, people are longing for something different, don't you think? Something different. The onset of the political season prompts us to ask with with renewed passion, where is that leader? Where is that leader who will confidently take the reins and lead us into a new season, a season of peace? Where is that person of integrity and wisdom, who is humble and yet strong, who will bring us into a new era of safety and security and prosperity? It seems innate to the human heart, doesn't it? to yearn to have a, a good leader who will usher us into the good life. We ache for that. We ache for things to be as they should be, as they were created to be. We desire for our leader to comfort us, to make us feel secure down deep in our souls. We long in our land, don't we, for harmony to be restored, for peace on earth, for freedom, and for the right person to lead us into all that. You know a similar longing was common among a particular people who lived 2,000 years ago over in the Middle East, an oppressed people, the Jewish people of Israel. In that day were being ground into powder under the boot of the Roman Empire. They were being taxed to death, they were being forced to acknowledge Caesar as their supreme being, their supreme ruler, and of course, The ever-present Roman soldiers walking around town all the time was a constant reminder that they lived in an occupied land, that their homeland had been invaded. And then there were the promises, the ancient promises contained in their sacred writings that God himself would one day send them a deliverer to free them. And those promises made them yearn for the appearance of a truly righteous ruler who would usher them into the good life They longed to be comforted and consoled by a wise leader who would grant them relief from their heavy burden by casting off the oppression of Rome, delivering them from their enemies, restoring dignity and security and prosperity to their land. So in that day, a kind of Messiah fever was sweeping the land, and the time was ripe for the appearance of that promised one. The Gospel writer Luke tells us that All of those messianic longings were residing in the heart of one particular older gentleman about whom we know very little, but whose brief encounter with with Joseph and with Mary and with their little baby boy, their little infant child, is full of significance and hope. Let me read Luke's account from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now imagine that. Here's a fellow whom the Holy Spirit had somehow told that he wasn't gonna die until he had seen with his own eyes the promised Messiah. That means there was a season of this man's life when he was basically indestructible, right? So maybe his wife had said to him, now, Simeon, don't you eat all of those cinnamon cinnamon rolls. They're gonna kill you. You're gonna die. And he says, nope, I can eat all that I want. The Lord promised me I'm not gonna die until I see the Messiah, and I haven't seen him yet, so nothing, not even your cinnamon rolls, can take me out until I see the Lord. Verse 27, it says, and he, Simeon, came in the spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. I had the strongest urge to walk out among you and find a little baby and take him up in my arms, but then I thought better of it. (laughs) Maybe next year. Simeon comes to the temple, and somehow he gets connected to Mary and Joseph and Jesus. So this would be called one of those divine encounters, right? One of those divinely orchestrated meetings or connections. Think about it. Thousands of people were milling around the temple grounds, hundreds of them parents, probably dozens of little babies. And God, through his spirit, directs Simeon right into the path of one particular couple and their little six-week-old baby. Maybe there were some awkward introductions, we don't know. Uh, Hi, my name is Simeon, I've been looking for you, and especially for your baby. And can I hold him, by the way? (laughs) Do you think they might have hesitated a bit? (laughs) He Takes the little child in his arms, and what comes out of his mouth is classic. We call it Simeon's praise, listen. Verse 28 of Luke 2, and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. I imagine that Joseph and Mary standing there were a little bit bewildered by all of this, Maybe they were thinking, well, is this guy gonna keel over and die on us right now because he's seen our baby? And if so, are we liable? (laughs) Is it gonna be our fault? Simeon seemed to be saying, look, I'm an old man, maybe with lots of ailments, I've lived a full life, my time is near, but I've been holding on until I was able to see this little child. And now that I have, I can depart in peace. He's here. He's here. The fullness of time has come. And God's promise deliverer is here. And that's what I've been waiting for. So now I'm ready to go, God. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. Take me home. And then he speaks this blessing to God, and it is rich. It is soaked in Old Testament truth. And I believe it shows us that Simeon understood three truths, three important truths that I think it would do well for all of us to understand this Christmas season as we're preparing to celebrate Jesus' birthday as well. I wanna share them with you. Three truths, the first is this. Simeon understood that the arrival of the little baby Jesus meant the arrival of salvation. Salvation, my eyes have seen your salvation, he said. Looking down at that cooing little baby in his arms, Simeon saw with enlightened eyes salvation wrapped in swaddling clothes. The word salvation means deliverance. It means liberation. It means freedom from fear and from enemies and from death. Salvation means rescue. Rescue from disaster. And as I thought about that concept of rescue, an illustration came to mind. You remember the Chilean miners who were trapped underground a few years ago? My wife and I went and saw the movie about it that came out, I think it was last month, called The 33. And and seeing it depicted up on the screen really brought home to us the dire predicament that those men were in. I mean, when you're trapped in a cave 2,300 feet beneath the surface of the earth, When you have no route of escape, everything is sealed off and blocked off. When you only have a limited supply of food and water, you know what you need? You need a rescuer. You don't need a life coach. You don't need a guide to help you apply the four steps to a more successful life. You don't need a personal advisor. What you need is a rescuer. You need a savior. You need someone who has the smarts, the strength, the ability, the inclination to do whatever it takes to grind their way down to where you're at and pluck you up out of the pit and save you, rescue you. That's what you need. And what Simeon understood and what some of you need to understand tonight is that the arrival of the baby Jesus on that very first Christmas meant that rescue could now happen because the rescuer was here. In fact, his name, Jesus say that name. Jesus means Jehovah saves. That's what it means. Remember the angel had told Joseph, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And understanding that is the key to grasping the nature of the pit that we are all in as human beings, from which we could never extract ourselves. You see, What Israel needed most is what you and I need most, a leader who's a savior, a leader who's a rescuer, who can forgive our sins. I mean, political freedom is great, isn't it? It's one thing, and it's a good thing, but spiritual freedom is even more valuable because it restores peace with God, and it lasts forever. Simeon understood this, I think, He realized that baby in his arms meant that true salvation had arrived, forgiveness of sins, spiritual liberation from sin and Satan and death and the grave for all the people of God who would put their faith in him. And as the nature of rescue implies, Simeon's praise also reveals that he understood a second thing, not only that the arrival of Jesus meant the arrival of salvation, but that salvation from sin could only come from God. He said, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared. Simeon understood that salvation must come from who? From God. It must come from God or it won't happen. Like the Chilean miners, we humans cannot save ourselves. We can't rescue ourselves. We can't just pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and climb out of the pit that we find ourselves in because there is no opening. There is no way out. You know, as a pastor, I talk with a lot of people, and I find that many, many, many people don't understand this. Because we're humans, and maybe because we're Americans, we think that we can make it happen. Well, surely we can be innovative enough to find a way to have peace with God and peace with each other. Maybe we could use some help from God, but for the most part, we rely on our own strength, our own ingenuity, our own persistent efforts. You know, most people think it's a joint effort like God and us working together to get us out. But you know what, if that's our mindset, then we badly misunderstand the nature of the pit that we're in. Truth is, there's actually zero hope for us if God doesn't drill down and come get us out. We have no way of atoning for our own sins, zero possibility of escaping judgment and hell, zero chance of freeing ourselves from the grip of sin and of Satan. Oh, sure, we might manage to get along with a few people for a while without God's help. But that's not salvation. That's just temporary artificial relationship management. No, we need a rescuer to come after us, don't we? To be one of us, to bear our sin, and to lift us up and bring us to God. Simeon understood that the little infant in his arms was that rescuer and that he had come down from God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And he also understood a final truth. He said, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Number three, God knew excuse me, Simeon knew that God had made his salvation available to all people, all people. You see, at that time and in that culture, humanity was basically divided into two groups. Do you know what they were? No, not Democrats and Republicans, not black and white, not OSU fans and Michigan fans. Humanity was divided up into two groups, Jews and Gentiles, You're either a Jew or a non-Jew, and non-Jews were Gentiles. That was all there was. And Jewish people had always felt pretty smug that they were the people of God. The Gentiles were on the outside looking in, and there was some truth to that. God's law was given to the Jews. God's covenants were given to the Jews. It was the Jews that God delivered out of Egypt from the tyranny of Pharaoh. It was the Jews whom the prophets had been sent to. But what many Jewish people never understood was that from the beginning, God's plan was not just to bless them, but through them to bless the Gentiles, the rest of us. God had said so many times in his word, like in Isaiah 49, 6, where God said, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Or Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, and the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. You know what? Simeon understood that. He understood. He looked down into the sweet face of that precious little baby, and he said, little one, you are the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. You are the glory of the Jews and you are a bright light by which the Gentiles can find their way to God. Salvation through Jesus is for all people, amen? All people. Simeon understood this marvelous truth, but I wonder, do you? Do you understand that God purchased his glorious salvation and it's available to everyone? All people, do you comprehend that even now, 20 centuries later, God is still making his salvation, his rescue, his forgiveness of sin, his deliverance from shame, his eternal life available to all people? All people, regardless of race, color, gender, social status, popularity, personality, or net worth. It's for all people. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons, and that means that God doesn't view people like we often do. He doesn't judge people based on their appearance or their bank account or what kind of car they drive or what kind of house they live in or what kind of job they have. Listen, God sent his only begotten son to earth for all people, and that little baby grew up, didn't he, and lived and died to pay for the sins of all people. Then he rose from the grave so that today, today, he is able to hear the cries of any and all who call out to him for salvation. It's a beautiful thing. I hope you grasp that because that is what Christmas is all about. Jesus coming to earth to be salvation for the world. That's what Christmas is all about. Fine, those other things have their place, right? But this is the bullseye. This is the center. And so I want to pray for you tonight that the Lord will give you the same understanding that Simeon had and the same depth of understanding. And I also want you to know that if you have questions about this or if God is stirring you up on the inside, you want to know how this can become more personal for you. I wanted to give you a way to respond. and You can just check that little box on that communication slip that says that and I'd like to send you a a link uh, via email to a sermon that explains salvation in more depth and how you can receive it by faith. I'd love for you to have that. I don't want you to miss out on receiving the greatest Christmas gift ever given. So will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much for Simeon's praise The words that came out of this elderly gentleman's mouth are amazing. When he said, with my eyes, I see your salvation. Lord, I pray that no one within the sound of my voice would walk out of this room tonight, tonight without understanding that salvation comes from you and you alone. I pray that all would understand that it's received by faith, by trusting, believing in the sacrifice of your precious son, Jesus. And that you grant us, amazingly, forgiveness of all of our sins, past, present, and future, when we humbly come to you and trust you. And Lord, may everyone in this room experience a glorious Christmas this year. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Visit us each week as we continue to journey through God's word and seek to know him better through the gospel. Our prayer is that the gospel has taken a deeper hold of you as we have studied the word together at New Life Church, where Jesus is front and center all the time.